John Gruden and him suing the NFL and the NFL commissioner for allegedly, as he states it, leaking the emails uh, that got him removed from his position. But again, like I say, he hasn't mentioned anything or had made has not made any reference to what was said or written in those emails. He alleges that, you know, it was supposed to be um, private correspondence. But again, like I said, the team member, the executive member of the team that you had this conversation with or you shared these emails with, that particular organization is now under an investigation or was under an NFL investigation, which is now proceeded to a criminal investigation. So those emails are going to pop up because of the criminal status of that investigation. So how can you now say that you want to sue them because this is what they did? They they allegedly leaked this to have your job or to force you out of your job and to ruin your reputation. Dude, once this email came out and the response and the correspondence that came behind it, you say that they did it. But if you look at the entire picture, you basically did it to yourself with what you wrote in those emails. Um, you know, they're saying that there is no justification or explanation for why Gruden's emails were the only ones made public out of the 650,000 that were collected. But again, the investigation sparked something for that. Yeah, Frank, it doesn't really matter if it was his personal or uh, NFL. He sent it to another NFL executive. And again, that team is now under investigation for something or whatever they're, whatever they're under investigation for. And like I said, it's proceeded to be a criminal um, aspect now. So they're going to dig and they're going to prod and probe and find out anything they can to prove their case. Like I always say, when the feds get in, Feds are going to be looking until they get what they want, however long that takes. Okay, we saw it, we've seen it before, with the NB, with the NCAA scandal, how they got what they wanted, and I'm telling you that something else there is going to pop up one, again when they keep, as long as they keep digging, some more information is going to pop up. But again, Mr. Gruden, you you talk about suing. And again, you're talking about the reputation and damaging your reputation and forcing you out of. I think what it is, is he's come to grips and realized that there's a very, very high chance that he will not work in any facet of the NFL again. Arguably not even any facet in TV or anything where he basically made his money the last several years going from being on the field in, in football rooms, in locker rooms and offices, to the box office, being the commentator in the studio, then back to the field with an unprecedented 10-year, $100 million contract or whatever it was, $100 million contract to say the least. Now you haven't fulfilled that, so you're going to lose money from that. You arguably will not be allowed back in any way into the NFL. So... I think now what he wants to do is he wants to save face and get some compensation um, in the midst of this and, and allege that they leaked these emails uh, to destroy his reputation. 
and to get him removed from his position. I'm sure if they really wanted it done, like I said earlier, if they really wanted it done there, I'm sure there are other ways, plenty of other ways that they could have done it. But again, with the state of the NFL, the state of this investigation, these types of emails with these types of comments in them are red flags. And they're going to get looked at a lot heavier and a lot deeper than some other emails. So again, there is no, we as some media and fans on the outside looking in, we probably won't get any type of concrete explanation uh, as to why his emails were selected. But I'm stretching here, playing devil's advocate, giving you my thoughts and my opinions only. I'm almost certain, or I have a very, very gut feeling, that it had to do with the investigation and particularly what was said in those emails. The, the racial issues, the homophobic stuff. And again, you named one of your people that you're allegedly suing in these emails. So how do you think that's going to fly when you, if and when you do go to court? You named Roger Goodell in these emails. And now I guess you're trying to use that as his platform for leaking those emails because you said certain things about him. And now he leaked those emails. And now we're at this point where we are, where you want to sue. But again, like I always say, when you're at that level, like we talked a little bit about it last week, when you're at that level, everything that you do is under a microscope. You got the TMZs that are out. You got the freelance photographers and people that are out. You got everybody has a cell phone with the camera. So when you're at that level, whether it's professional athlete, high profile coach, high profile media commentator, um, high profile player, you have to be aware of your surroundings and, and understand that everything that you do, especially out in public, will be under the microscope. Things that you say and write will come under scrutiny, especially if you share them with other members of your organization, i.e. John Gruden shared those emails with an executive on the Washington football team. You never know when other information will come out about other people. And now you're indirectly incorporated because of some emails that you sent. And initially you tried to backtrack them. And then it came out with people that have been around you in the league that somewhat confirmed your state. Um, and you see that you have virtually no win in this situation going in, but now you want to try and give yourself some leverage, give yourself some wiggle room and see what you can get out of it by suing, which I think is a ploy, like I said, um, to recoup some compensation because you know that you lost it. 
And you also know that you arguably will not be able to work in football ever again. And the bottom line is you wrote it, you said it. So at the time you meant it and overall you meant it. Uh, if you have to come to a press conference and then you apologize uh, after the fact, after you already had said that you didn't remember what you said, you didn't mean anything by it, you meant something by it because you wrote it. And you specifically sent it to an executive in the NFL who has been known to have issues, racial issues, workplace issues. We've been talking about the Washington football team and their front office and their misconduct and those issues for at least a year or two, if not more. So you sending these types of emails to them, you already knew what type of person you were sending these emails to. You felt comfortable sending those types of emails to this particular person. And now that this particular person has finally come under some heavy scrutiny, under some heavy investigation, and you're, again, indirectly implicated because of your emails and your correspondence with this particular person, now you want to backtrack and you want to sue and allege that the NFL and the commissioner, John uh, Roger Goodell, leaked these emails to destroy your reputation and to force you out of your job. Well, it, it's a stretch for me, if you will. I, I don't know how much of a leg he has to stand on. And I don't think he has a win uh, because now he doesn't have the NFL backing. He just has his private attorneys and you're going up against the NFL. And I'm sure that once this goes to court, if it ever does go to court, a big portion that's going to come up is this investigation into the Washington football team and the correspondence that was had within these emails between these two particular people. So it is what it is. Um, you know, when you're going through all this to try and allegedly clear your name, I, I feel like you know that you've done something wrong. Basically, you got caught and now you're trying to talk or wiggle your way out of being caught. I don't think it's going to work for him in this instance. And especially what the NFL has been through, and I'm stretching here a little bit, but going all the way back, George, thanks for tuning in, but going all the way back to the Colin Kaepernick protest up until present now. So you know there was a very low tolerance for these particular types of act this particular type of activity. But yet and still you sent these emails to another executive in the NFL. So you know somewhere down the line, these emails could have been read by other people within the major NFL office because you sent it from one 
member of the NFL to another member of the NFL. And again, you send it to someone who's been under scrutiny for some time now with that team and that organization. So it automatically brings a red flag to you and have people start to look at you and want to know what your connection is. What is that relationship like? Oh, you sent this in the email and you sent it to him? Let's take a look at this and see what's going on here. See how this plays out. See what happens. And then we get the story that he wants to sue. So again, I don't know how it is going to work out for him in the long run. But again, I, I really, really hope that he comes to grips with himself and understands what he has done and really truly understand why this is being presented with him involved or has this involving him is coming out because of the investigation again and you know again like I said lastly I think it's just a ploy to get back at the NFL because you know you can't get back into the NFL you've tarnished that relationship and the pay that you have lost you might be looking to recoup some of that knowing that you can never be back as prestigious you can never be back at the most prestigious level that you were in prior to these emails so with that being said folks i will definitely continue to watch this story as always and report back to you as i get information and moving on so we've got to move on and i want to get into some other investigations the nba has now uh launched an advanced investigation into the two deals the two signing trade deals uh involving lonzo ball uh, and the chicago bulls and kyle lowry and the miami heat as you know both of those guys were free agents over the summer they somehow somebody negotiated signing trade deals Kyle Lowry ended up in Miami with the Heat, and Lonzo Ball ends up in uh, Chicago with the Bulls. Initially, there had already been, before these deals, when these deals were first talked about, there had already been some chatter and some whispering about some tampering going on uh, within involved with these particular deals. So, the league has done their due diligence they've held interviews um with teams and executive players executives and players player agents and they've gathered messages from front offices of the executives with the bulls the heat the raptors and the pelicans all the teams that were involved in these sign and trade deals um the league is not sure yet but they could release their findings um and any penalties with the association any associated with their findings. If you remember, the Pelicans traded Ball to Chicago on a four-year deal worth $85 million for Garrett Temple and a new 
for Garrett Temple on a new three-year $15.5 million deal and Tomas Sadaransky. Uh, the Heat sent guard Goran Dragic and forward Precious Achua to the Raptors in exchange for Lowry, who earned a three-year $85 million sign-and-trade deal. Uh, according to Woj, the league had tightened their penalties on tampering cases in 2019, which is only about two, three years, three years ago. Um, the teams that could face teams that are get caught and are involved in tampering could face a maximum of a ten million dollar fine, the possible suspension of team executives, and the loss of draft picks and removal of contracts. Case in point. The Milwaukee Bucks lost a 2022 second-round pick for tampering charges with the Kings for restricted reagent Bojan Bogdanovich in 2021. However, in consideration to the NBA rules, Milwaukee did not sign Bogdanovich, and he would later sign with the Atlanta Hawks. So the NBA, like I said, has ramped up their investigation on that. And they are looking into that and to see if there was truly any tampering going on involved in those deals. I'm going to take my second break right here. And when I come back, I'm going to talk some Sixers. And we're going to talk a little bit of Ben Simmons. And we'll close out the afternoon or the morning with that. You have been tuned in to Sports Rack right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. Signing out, and I will see you in just a few minutes on the other side. So stay with me or come back in a few minutes. The second half of the Sports Red Podcast for November the 15th, 2021. We're going to talk a little Sixers. We're going to talk a little Ben Simmons. Uh, George, thanks for coming back in with me. So first, let's talk Sixers. And I understand Robert Reeves. Thanks for tuning in as well. We are definitely in a little rut right now. Uh, We just started a six-game road trip. I think we've lost four in a row. But I do like the fact that the team has been scrappy. Uh, I've talked to some people, and, you know, we've been hit with this COVID thing very early. Uh, we just got Tobias Harris back. We lost Joel. We don't have him back yet. We don't have Matisse Thibel back as of yet. So we have a group, and you could very much uh, arguably say that the struggles are here because we now have guys on our team that are playing more minutes than they were arguably expected to be playing i'll go there i'll go there with it but i also look at that as somewhat of a blessing in a couple of ways one uh, i'm glad that the covid bug hits us early where we'll have our guys when we need them later in the season and we won't maybe not have to rest them as much later in the season. Number two, your guys 
that you brought in and some of your younger guys are getting some valuable playing experience. And mind you, they're playing well right now. So this experience late becomes in the season becomes very beneficial for them because they're getting it now. And again, like I said, they're scrapping. They're not getting blown out in these in this losing streak. Um, teams have had some large leads, but they've been fighting back, fighting back and getting to it. And like I said, I'm going to go with the fact that we have some guys that are getting more minutes than they're used to, more minutes that initially we thought that they were to get going into the offseason or going into the beginning of the season. So it might be wearing on them right now. But again, like I said, all of these players are gaining this valuable experience for later on down the line. And they are performing. Where again, like I've said, these games, the outcomes of these games have arguably mostly or arguably all have been single digit losses. Uh, again, teams have had large leads in these games. The Sixers have had some large leads, but we're down our best player. We're not even going to get into talking about the other guy as of yet. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but we had some guys out. Tobias is just coming back and listening to the coach. He struggled a little bit with the COVID, so he's got to get his legs back and get back into a rhythm. Um, I think you started to see that uh, the other night against Indiana where he left the floor with 32 points. So he's getting back. And one of the things I also noticed uh, about that game against Indiana, the missing of JoJo was very, very big for the Indiana Pacers. Oh, uh, Bennett, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, when you miss JoJo and you play a team like Indiana with Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis, those guys don't get the banging and the jostling um, as much without JoJo there that they would get if JoJo was there. And they get to freelance a little bit, if you will, a little bit more on the defensive end. They can take breaks and they can gamble a lot more on the defensive end. Uh, Robert Reeves says, Maxi has been looking real, has been looking looking real good. We just have to learn how to finish games without MB. Yeah, like I said, Rob, good point, Rob. Um, Maxi has been playing extremely well, extremely, extremely well. Almost makes you forget about the other guy. I said almost, but I've also said in regards to Maxi. With the coaching staff that he has, who he gives praise to, and Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell, who the other guy had the same coaches, but didn't improve much. And we see what Maxie... I'm sorry, I'm just talking out loud, but I'm just giving you some stuff, you know, um, and I'm sure you understand what I meant when I just said that. But a lot of things that I've been saying, or one of the things I've been saying to a lot of people in regards to Maxie and his play right now, is I think he's going to be really, really good once he truly 
gets the hang of or gets an understanding of being an NBA point guard. And his plus will be that he could be an NBA scoring point guard. So I still think he has a little way to go. I'm not complaining about what he's doing. He has been commanding the team. He has been attempting to be a leader on the floor. I've seen it in the dialogue and the sidebars where at one point in the Indiana game, I seen him go to his teammates and just reference two more stops or we need to get stops. Be right back in it. We need to get stops. So that shows his leadership traits are there. But again, bottom line, the way he's playing right now and the things that he's picked up so far, once he officially and truly learns and truly begins to understand the NBA point guard position, I think we're going to have a really, really good one on our hands here in Philadelphia in Young Maxi. But again, getting back to that Pacers game in the absence of Joel, you have teams now that can focus more on making Tobias's since his, in his return, making his shots tougher. Uh, with Tobias out, you saw how it affected Seth Curry, where teams would run him off of the three-point line. And arguably, most of the time, his defenders are bigger than him, but there's no deflector there. There's no buffer there as far as in Joel. For a short time, there was no buffer in with Tobias, even with Danny Green, with the hamstring. So the struggles are going to come. I'm just glad that the struggles are coming now. But the struggles that we're seeing are good struggles, if you understand basketball. They're good struggles right now because this is valuable experience for these guys down the line. But like Rob said, we have to find ways to close out games without Embiid because there's going to come a time again due to rest or what like they like to say in the NBA, load management, where arguably he'll miss a few more games. But I'm actually glad that this COVID thing hit him early because maybe this will give him some rest and alleviate some rest later on in the season where he can play more consistently. But again, when he comes back, it's going to take a minute from not being able to do anything physically with the team or physically pretty much in general. It's going to take him a little bit to get his wind up, to get his legs back. But I think he'll be determined and I think he'll definitely show us what we missed while he was out. And I think it's going to change the complexion and the direction of the way teams will game plan once he's back in the fold. Because, again, like I said, you're playing teams now where they are attacking the paint. And although we do have Andre Drummond, who has played phenomenal for us, there is still a difference between Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid. I watched that game the other night. And as I'm talking, I saw and I realized or I noticed that without Joel Embiid on the floor, other than the occasional times when we go pick and roll and Tobias Harris gets uh, switched off onto a smaller defender, there's really no low post presence for us when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. 
There really isn't. Um, I don't know if you, other anybody else has understood that or has anybody else has seen that. But there is really no low post presence for us without Joel Embiid. Also, with the uncertainty of Ben Simmons and this whole saga, I feel like around the trade deadline, if he doesn't get moved, around that trade deadline, we may arguably have to look to the buyout market uh, as far as veterans to bring in another point guard because we're going to need another point guard. If Ben doesn't come back and play, we are definitely going to need a second point guard. Uh, preferably, in my opinion, a veteran who can help Tyrese Maxey give him some minutes where he's learning, but now you have a guy in camp or in practices with him. You have a veteran guy that you can put in games and Sam Cassell can actually let him visualize what needs to be done from a point guard standpoint in the game situation as opposed to what he does for him in practices and in workouts because there is a difference. So, again, I'm not big on as far as concern. There's a slight bit of concern because we've lost four straight. It's very early in the season, though. And again, I'm taking it in stride because of the way the team has played. It would be something different if this losing streak was riddled with a bunch of blowout games where the teams were just basically overmatched. Uh, guys just didn't show up and perform. But that's not the case right now with this group. This group has come together. And like George Niang and Joel Embiid said a little earlier in the season, they're having fun. They are trusting each other. And George Niang, in my opinion, was a steal in the free agent market for the way that he's been playing so far. And I think what I said earlier about some guys having to play more minutes than expected, than that, than more minutes than were expected, I think that's hitting him as well right now because he was playing well. Okay, even the first couple games when Tobias was out, he came in and he played very well. But I think with the extra minutes right now, I think that's taking a little toll on him. And I'm sure we can get through that because, again, like I said, it's only going to make him stronger for later on down the line in the season. So, again, the Sixers fans, don't worry too much. Uh, just look at it as a blessing when we're getting hit with this losing streak now. We got hit with the COVID early in the season. So now players will understand a little bit better. Players will deal with it a little bit differently and understand what they went through and what the team went through and be back. And we can get this thing back rolling and, you know, improve on some things. And leading us into the most recent Ben Simmons saga. Like I said, I figured, you know, at the trade deadline, we can either possibly make a trade for him if anything happens, or we look at the buyout market at that particular point and possibly get a free agent that we can bring in that can help us for the stretch run. But most recently, Ben Simmons and his agent, Rich Paul, have 
made comments and have stated that the Sixers' continual fines and their tactics or alleged tactics have worsened his mental health situation. Yeah, I gave him the WTF button. Because I don't understand. You, let's just backtrack for a second. He allegedly came in, he said he wouldn't want to come first. Then all of a sudden he got fined a certain amount. Then he just shows up. He comes to practice. Then he gets kicked out of a practice. He claims his back is hurt as an injury. The Sixers doctors examine him and say his back is fine. He gets fined again. Then he says he's not mentally ready to play basketball. Okay, the Sixers say, all right, well, we'll take care of that. We have doctors that you can see, whatever, whatever. You don't want to see the team doctors. You don't. You allegedly don't trust them. So you allegedly get your own doctor. The Sixers ask, well, is there something going on? You don't have to go into detail. Just let us know that you are seeing someone. Initially, he didn't want to do that. Then he gets fined again because he has not even been participating in team activities. So we understand you say you're not mentally ready, but you're still under contract. So you still have to come to work. So you still need to come to meetings, film sessions, things of that nature. You have not been doing that. You refuse to sign off or give consent for the alleged doctors that you have been seeing via the NBA Players Association information to the Sixers. And I understand all the HIPAA and all of this stuff. And the Sixers, I'm sure, understand that as well. Basically, what they wanted to know was, are you truly seeing somebody and have you been diagnosed with something? That apparently has not been relayed to Philadelphia 76ers offices and their medical staff. So he was fined again for a game last week. Then he comes out and he says Sixers tactics are worsening his mental health. His agent, Rich Paul, comes back and kind of piggybacks that and says the same thing. He went as far as saying, you can't have it both ways. Either you believe him or you don't. He's right or he's wrong. Either he said it, you do this or whatever, or you're lying. What's, what's the truth? What's going on here? How about you talk to your client and fulfill your contract? It's the only way you're going to get paid. And it's it's just funny that after the most recent fine, a game fine, which was about 360000 for one game, and you know how that's going to add up real quick. I mean, hell, two games is almost three quarters of, is, is three quarters of a million dollars. Two games. So now all of a sudden you're saying that the Sixers tactics have somehow some way or are somehow some way 
worsening your mental health status. Yeah, because they find you again. And you thought that you had some leverage with using the mental health aspect. You thought that because you told them you were seeing doctors that they were going to lay off. Nah, it doesn't work like that when you're under contract and you refuse to do basketball activities or non-on-court basketball activities. You still are under contract, so there's a need for you to be in and come in and, and have meetings or be at meetings, be at film sessions, because you're still under contract. So technically you are part of the team. You're just away for these, what you're calling or what you're stating are mental health or mental unreadiness to actually play basketball, which has nothing allegedly to do with you performing or you honoring your contract as to come in and having film session and being at team meetings. So now you want to go into the thing again, where now you're getting worse, which again is not helping your value. The Sixers have already told you and Daryl Morey president has already stated that he's willing to go through this the entire year. And this could go on for four years because there are going to be loopholes. There are going to be ways that the Sixers are still going to be able to find him when he does not honor aspects of his contract. And also when he is being as stubborn and as childish as he possibly can and not just doing what's simply asked. Um, and then when you get fined again, the money issue is the reason now that you say that his, it has heightened or has worsened your mental health um, issues. Again, of course, because you're not getting paid and you know how much that's going to be if you continue to lose game money when it's 360000 a game. And like I just said, two, two games is a little over a quarter of a million dollars. Or three quarters of a million dollars, rather. So that's a lot of money being lost. And you thought that the Sixers were just going to be pushovers and let you have your way. It's not the case. They're your employer. If they find a deal that works for them, they'll make a deal. But until they do, this is going to go on. Um... Uh, there's been talk about or making references to Daryl Morey just sending him home and finding him. Like, you ain't got to come at all. Just go ahead home. We'll continue to find you. If we find a trade partner, we'll make a deal or whatever. If we don't, then we're willing to sit through this the entire season, possibly the next four seasons, including this one, which makes the fourth. For this season and then the following three remaining on the contract. So, Rich Paul has come in again, and he says, and I'm going to quote, I truly believe the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shined on the issue that's very unnecessary and has furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben or come out and say he's lying. 
Which one is it? Well, Mr. Paul, if you have not been paying attention, Sixers did reach out and try to help. They did what they were supposed to do. You tell us you're injured, all right, see our doctors, we'll do a physical exam you. Findings came back that his back was okay. There's your help there. They, they got him looked at. He said his back was bothering him. He had some tightness. They did what they supposed to do. Had the team doctors look at him. Secondly, you come out and you say you're having mental, you're mentally unready to play. Okay, we'll provide mental health doctors for you within our organization to help you through that. No, I don't trust those doctors. I'll find my own. So where is it in this situation that you figure that they're not trying to help? They've also talked to people, other teams, about trades. But because Ben has played his part in the situation, which Rich Paul mentions nothing about, nothing is to their liking. And again, it's a general consensus business-wise that they will not give him away for peanuts. They will not give him away for cents on the dollar. And it's been made public. So I don't really understand where the targeting statement comes in the negative publicity shined on the issue if you want to go there with the negative issues then there's some there's room to blame on both sides if you will for that because ben has in a lot of ways forced the sixers hand into the position that they're in now with the fining they stopped the fining at one point but then when you don't want to honor your contract when you don't want to come to work then the fines start again you don't want to give us any information and again the sixes are not asking for a full diagnosis a full report of what was said between ben and this mental health professional if he saw one actually they just want to know that something is going on because you refused our doctors and you're saying you're mentally unready, but we need to just see proof because you're our prop, you're our player, you're you are our employee, and you are under contract. Okay. Also, Rich Paul goes on to say, and I quote: "In this case, we have to get Ben help and not put finances above mental health." Well, apparently, this is what you guys are doing because you felt like the mental health piece would allow you to see doctors outside of the team and still get paid, which it did for a while. But then there are parameters around that in the CBA where you told them you were not mentally ready to play. Nothing about missing team meetings while you're under contract. Yeah, so there we go with that. Also, Rich Paul says, and I quote again, as an agent... I understand contractual obligations and I hold myself accountable in this business. But if someone is telling you something, we can no longer turn a blind eye in today's world. Okay. Um, a place where we can help Ben get back to his mental strength and get back on the floor. I want him on the floor playing the game that he loves. I want Ben on the floor, whether that's in a 76ers uniform 
or any other uniform. That's not up to me, but I want him in a state where he can resume play. We want to cooperate and to work with him back on the floor. So now you're saying that it doesn't really matter to you. It's not really your decision whether he's in a Sixers uniform. You want him on the floor, whether it's in a Sixers uniform or some other uniform. When previously, when this whole thing began, you wanted your player out of the city of Philadelphia, away from this organization. You even tried to pull Tyrese Maxey in and state that you wanted him away from the organization. So now you turn and you say, I want Ben on the floor, whether it's in a 76ers uniform or any other uniform. That's not up to me. Well, and you call the Sixers out for some things. He also goes on, he says, he's not there yet on his readiness to play. How can a doctor who has only met with Ben once say Ben is mentally ready to play? So do we keep digging on him or help him? Now that now that we understand the reluctance from Ben, it all makes sense. There was a shying away from it. If Ben has repeatedly showed behavior that entails he isn't mentally ready to play, embrace it. Support him. We have to remove our ego from it. We all have to take responsibility. Well, that's probably about the most genuine, original, stretching a little bit here, arguably truthful statement that was made by Rich Paul. Um, He also goes into now retracting some words, contradicting what was going said prior to or what was alluded to when the initial stages of this whole entire situation. He now says, I don't think the Sixers are a bad organization. Josh Harris and David Blitzer are great governors. They've done a great job with the organization. But in the beginning, you wanted your player out of Philadelphia. You even, again, even tried to pull another player that you represent off of the team. He says, I have respect for Daryl Morey. Ben has a mental issue. Let's support him. I'm happy he got to a place where he realized and accepted help. I understand it's a business, but even in business, you need humanity. Absolutely. So are you saying that the way Ben Simmons handled it is one, business-like, or you could say business etiquette, or humane? Exactly like a whiny brat. And this is no way to conduct business. He also says, I have a great level of respect and love for the city of Philadelphia as someone who loves the game. But this isn't about that. This is about Ben getting back to a place where he can play basketball again. So all this coming out now, because you know when the players get fined, and we broke this down for you, uh, courtesy of my partner, Baldy. When a player gets paid, it's when the agent gets paid. So when he keeps getting fined as a player, it's kind of messing with his money, too. So now, all of a sudden, you have love for the city. You have nothing against the organization. You even stretch as far and call the owners great governors. 
But prior to this entire situation, and I'll say it again, you came off as very adamant as to wanting your player out of the city of Philadelphia, not with the 76ers organization. And you also tried to bring in another player that you represent and state that uh, organizations in the city should not do any dealings with Tyrese Massey because I want him out of the city too. Well, well, well. What a change a fine or a few fines can bring. I am just waiting for the next stage of this story to pop up because I'm sure that there will be something else to come about uh, in this story because of the way the Sixers are handling it. And I don't think the Sixers are putting a negative light on it. I think they're just doing their due diligence and letting Ben know that you are our employee and we have the right to do the things that we're doing and we're going to do it within the guidelines of the CBA and the executive offices of the NBA. That being said, I am now going to work towards my closeout. Thanks for everyone that tuned in. George Santos, Robert Reeves, Antonio Bennett. Thanks for your comment, Rob, as well. Tonight, in the NBA, you've got Celtics, Cavs, Kings, Pistons, Pelicans, Wizards, Magic, Hawks, Pacers, Knicks, Nuggets, Mavs, Suns, T-Wolves, Heat are at the Thunder, the Rockets are in Memphis to go up against the Grizzlies, the Raptors are in Rip City to go up against the Blazers, and the Bulls are in L.A. to face off against the Lakers. The Sixers return to action tomorrow on this road trip at Utah to face off against the Jazz. NHL on Monday tonight, the Islanders are at the Lightning. The Red Wings are at the Blue Jackets. A slew of Monday night games, college basketball. A couple here, uh, Nickel State will be in, will be at Baylor, at number eight Baylor. Bowling Green will face off against number 17, Ohio State. Uh, number 11, Illinois, will be facing off against Marquette. And Alcorn State will face off against Gonzaga. Lastly, football picks for week 11. Also closing out week 10 tonight, Monday Night Football. The L.A. Rams are in San Francisco to face off against the 49ers. This Thursday kicks off week 11. We've got New England at Atlanta. I'm going to take New England in this game here. Indianapolis at Buffalo. I like Buffalo here. Baltimore at Chicago. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Detroit at Cleveland. After seeing some of that Cleveland game yesterday, I'm going to make this my stretch game. And I'm going to go with Detroit there. I'm going to go with Tennessee at home over Houston. Green Bay on the road against Minnesota. Miami on the road against the Jets. Philly at home against the Saints. Carolina at home against the Washington football team. I'll take San Fran on the road in Jacksonville. I'm going to pick another upset here. Cincinnati over Vegas in Vegas. 
Kansas City over Dallas at home. Tough division game, Seattle at Arizona. Uh, Russell is back. I'm going to go with Seattle at home. I'm going to go with the Chargers at home over Pittsburgh. And next Monday night at home, Tampa Bay over the New York Giants. Folks, thanks for tuning in. As always, each and every Monday, you can find me and a lot of times my partner's here in studio, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on Heat 100 Radio. The group page, Sports Rap Podcast on Facebook. In the bio, there is a link where you can tune in. Also, you can find me at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. The webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. Remember, if you type it in for the first time, it's, it's going to pop up radio show. You have to take the show out, so it's just SportsRapRadio.com. Also, YouTube, Sports Rap TV. Get over there. Subscribe to the group. Like the videos that you see that you like. And make sure you hit that bell so you will be alerted when new videos are uploaded. Also, Anchor, Google, Apple, iHeart, GW District is where you can find audio of all your favorite Sports Rap episodes. And a reminder... Be sure you stay in touch with me. You stay in tune with me all week on social media. We will have a special episode, a special installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here live in studio on Saturday, 11 a.m. We will be speaking with Royal Sisters Project, and you will have to tune in to me on social media and find out what that's all about, who they are. And again, remember, we'll hear See you all week on social media. And remember, 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 stay tuned. There will definitely be a special episode of the Sports Rap Podcast right here live in studio on Saturday, this Saturday, November the 20th. Thanks for tuning in, folks. It's your boy D. I will see you all week on social media this Saturday, right back here in studio, and then again right back next Monday in studio. Thanks for tuning in, folks.